Welcome to the Read John Pace podcast, where today, listening is better than reading. I'm your host, Reed JP, and thank you for tuning in. Good day, and thank you for sitting in with our fictional conversation with James, the Lord's half-brother, and some special guests. Today, our conversationalists are Mr. Wycliffe, the Wycliffe Translation, ASW, ASRL Translation, Bill, William Barclay Translation, JB, the JB Phillips Translation, Mo, James Moffat Translation, AMP, the Amplified Version, and Scott McKnight, the international commentary author of the Book of James. As I sat, pleased with my suffering coin analogy and purpose of heart, Mr. Wycliffe reached inside his tunic and pulled out a small scroll. The sun was setting, and I thought our day was over. The fire dying down with the sun offered enough light to see the spark in the elder's eyes as he unrolled the scroll and read. It was from James's letter. I recognized the style immediately. I had heard that once his letter was sent, copies of small sections were written and dispersed among the community, unaware whether that was true. Mr. Wycliffe had a small section, which was the conclusion to our conversation. We all looked at each other, both with astonishment and anticipation. Bill stood, grabbed the last few pieces of wood, and placed them on the fire. They were ablaze before he sat back down. The new warmth mirrored our spirits as we listened to Mr. Wycliffe read. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will, begat he us with the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. James 1, 16 to 18. ASW broke the silence as Mr. Wycliffe carefully re-rolled the scroll and placed it back inside his tunic. James is telling us, he said, not to be deceived in matters of temptation, sin, and so forth. I remembered that discussion from our previous conversation, trials, temptation, and blame. Between now and then, I had heard more about the background James was addressing when he shared that several weeks ago. There are those in our community who think tests are actually devious attempts by God to seduce us into sin and are gravely mistaken. With that, are tempted to think God is not good, that does not dispense his wisdom to those who trust him, that he does incite his people into sin, and that he is hard to trust because he changes. I rehearsed what I had heard with the brethren. Then, a second unknown conversationalist sitting next to H.L. leaned forward to speak. He introduced himself as Scott, 
and commended me for my rehearsing, saying that he was the one who had originally shared that thought, and he was pleased it hadn't been misrepresented today. I was glad I didn't take credit for it. Plagiarism never works, you know. He continued, Three things are being said here. First, James contends that everything good is from God. That's in James 1.17. Second, that God does not change in his dispensing of good gifts, that is, in his faithfulness. Again, 117. And third, that is same God who formed the readers into a community by the new birth. James 1.18. He concluded, every giving is good, every gift is perfect. Mo accompanied his statement on God's goodness. Make no mistake about this, my beloved brethren. All we are given is good, and all our endowments are faultless, descending from above. Vincent then expounded on God's goodness with his gifts. The statement that these gifts are from God is in pursuance of the idea that God does not tempt men to evil. The gifts of God are contrasted with the evil springing from man's lust. I thought, how, how could anyone blame God for doing evil? But then people do it all the time, even with shadow statements like, why would God allow so much evil in this world? I understand that statement from unbelievers, but believers must not be deceived. If the Father is in heaven and no evil is now present, no evil can be given. And that doesn't even account for his holiness. He is the Father of lights, I spoke inwardly as my spirit raced with all that was being said. Vincent then continued speaking, though dulled to me by my thoughts, but then verbally joined my silent rationale about coming down from the Father of lights. Literally, he said, is coming down from above. And as usual, this union of the participle with the finite verb denotes something habitual. Literally again, he continued the lights by which are meant the heavenly bodies. And he said, compare Psalms 135.7 and Jeremiah 4.23 in the Septuagint. God is called the Father of lights as being their creator and maintainer. And then he concluded, rightly shadowing that is not cast by turning, referring still to the heavenly orbs, which cast shadow in the revolution as when the moon turns her dark side to us or the sun is eclipsed by the body of the moon. Wow. I was trying to grasp all that he said and was very grateful that Amp then summed up our lexicological friend Vincent. Every good gift and every perfect, free, large, full gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of all that gives light. 
in the shining of whom there can be no variation, rising or setting, or shadow cast by his turning as in an eclipse. Mo then concluded what he had begun earlier. The Father of the heavenly lights, who knows no changing of rising and setting, who casts no shadow on the earth, it was by his own will that we should be born by the word of truth, to be a kind of first fruits among his creatures. Be sure of that, my beloved brothers. Bill, along with that, said, by an act of his own will, through the word of truth, he brought us into being. It was then that I heard the contrast between good and evil, testing and tempting, begetting and begotten. I recalled how the entire conversation began with believers blaming God for temptations and confusing trials with those temptations. James refuted this and gave, as you recall what I called, the temptation timeline that used a genealogical theme, conception, birth, and ultimately spawning death. However, the goodness of God doesn't spawn death, but life through the new birth. Thus, God who gives life would never provide us with anything that would lead to death. And that is the goodness of God. All God's gifts are good, and salvation is the first. Thank you for listening today. If you wish to dive deeper into Read John Pace, you can read my weekly blog posted on Thursdays at readjohnpace.com or you may buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee slash readjohnpace where on Monday and Wednesdays more randomness occurs for your reading pleasure. Until next time, remember to keep the pace by reading John Pace.